Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. Hey, listeners, uh, it's Ben from the podcast, and I just wanted to say thank you for being part of our community in this way. We're really, really grateful that you uh, tune in and you listen uh, to these podcast episodes and these conversations that we're having and that you are learning alongside us uh, how to root our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus. It's awesome. Uh, that you do this uh, with us every week. And so we're grateful, we're thankful, and we'd love to hear from you. And so over the course of the next four to six weeks, we are inviting you to fill out a brief online survey to let us know a little bit more about you so that we can serve you better, so that you can help to shape the future of what gravity becomes in this next season. Uh, so if you'd like to participate in that, go to gravityleadership.com survey gravityleadership.com slash survey and fill out the form there. It should only take you a few minutes and we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks in advance. Christy, uh, what in the world Do you hear is that? going on in your house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep hearing banging. I don't know if our listeners <laughs> can hear it right now. Yeah, they're recording a Cardi B video, music video in her basement. <laughs> is that wish. what's happening? Is I it ghosts? Wish. What's the, what is going um, on in your house? No, we, we have, we have totally... Taken everything out of our basement. We are we gutted our basement. We're building another bedroom, oh. and new carpeting, new walls, new electricity, new paint, new everything, and it's gonna be great. But in the midst oh, of it, it's really loud. That does sound great. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it uh, it takes a lot of uh, noise. It takes a lot of work and time and noise. Have you not been around hammers before? This is how hammers work. Is this how? Is this what <laughs> mm-hmm. making a house or renovating things? Yes. Is that how I did it not, sounds? I don't know. I just thought it was going to be a mess. It wasn't going to be mm. loud. I was like, I can do a podcast, no problem. No ben, problem. <laughs> ben is what they call white collar, and so we'll mm. have to explain. <laughs> right. We'll have to explain. Did, yeah. Construction. Yeah. Hmm. What? Yeah. I work on a computer <laughs> all day. That's all I do. You don't. You not bang on your computer with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I, tr- I tried that once. Um, it didn't go well, so I, I've, I've stopped. I've stopped. Uh, All right, so you got construction going on, Christy. Yeah. 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 Yes, and I'm, but I'm really excited because it's going to be better when it's all done. Yeah. And actually, they're doing it really fast. So, oh, that's good. Uh, drywalls today, painting and mm-hmm. whatever. It's like within a week, it's pretty much done. So That's hopefully cool. by the time you show up, Ben, Woo-hoo. guess what? Woo-hoo. It's going to be all for you. I feel yeah. like we're you, you and I, Ben, are just cycling in and out of our house this month. Yeah, that's kind of how we... <laughs> I've been there twice. Totally You're roll. going next week. Yeah. Like, this I is, love I'm gonna, it. I'm going to show up sometime, Christy. I'm just going to show up like your friends uh, the other day showed up and just said, hey, we're coming over to your house. <laughs> oh, we know hey, you got room. Pretty sure you got room. Be there in yeah. five hours. Yep. <laughs> That yep. that is kind of <laughs> I don't how much time it would take. I know, but that is kind of how Christy likes to live her life. That is, yeah. That, that there's a little thrill in Christy's there face is. when we said that. There she is. She was like, "Oh, Although, I love that." I am really thankful for pickup grocery thing, whatever oh, they call that, yeah. grocery pickup. Yeah. Because when they told, like, my friends told me they were going to be there in five hours, I was like, "Ooh, I don't have food," so I quick did it, and like Alexander the, went and got the groceries, and oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah where you can like, you know, pick yeah. it up. 
you know, somebody else picks out the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yep, it does up. it for you. That's great. It's awesome. We spend way less yeah. money when we do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you don't see the, the, the candy bar or the, it's not the candy bar. Usually like, it's, usually it's salsa. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a plethora yeah. of extraneous salsa. You, you know what Coke it is for zero. me? Oh, Coke Zero. Coke for Zero. You. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Christy. You know, my for mother. For me, it, <laughs> I tell it a story is, uh, about my mother in law. Oh, she's got a, <laughs> she's not my mother in law. My dad's wife. She's got an entire shelf in her pantry for mm-hmm. caffeine free Diet Cokes. Oh. And it's just, oh. they're What's just that? like. In the pantry? Dozens Does she not and, cool it off? Dozens and dozens of them. And she buys them. See, I don't. When they're on sale. Why do you drink caffeine free without diet? caffeine? I, no, you know no, 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 I no. You, I need no. the caffeine. That's it's, why I drink it. I don't know. I don't know. I think she's working on some kind of aspartame cancer. You know, she's really hoping. <laughs> trying to cultivate it. She's just, you know, she's she's part of some medical research. And yeah. no, I don't. I don't know. But I know that it, I know that my dad. My dad lives a bachelor for like twenty five years. And I know my. It's not how my dad lives. My dad doesn't <laughs> stockpile. <laughs> things he doesn't drink <laughs> and so like i could just see this little microaggression on my dad's face like mm. a little like uh you know like irritation or like this is one of the hundreds of things that he had to like die to to get married to to his <laughs> wife so anyway i'm staring at these cans of cokes and you know like <clears throat> i think part of my humor thing is like making my dad happy you know we can talk about that later some dad issues but anyway i, I look at my dad i look at my dad i look at this coke and his wife's laughing and i said dad you got to spend money to save money <laughs> and you can tell like it could have gone either way and he yeah. just started laughing and uh it was kind of a risky thing to do anyway anyway uh that's a little story about my dad uh ben how about you yeah uh what the, the, what's the noise happening in my house is that what you're asking because <laughs> it's usually the dog what would you it's buy usually, at the grocery what would you store buy you, like, oh, went sorry, in sorry. person yeah like i do oh, salsa yeah, yeah. sorry my dad's wife does moved caffeine free diet mind. coke <clears throat> I had moved on. Um, so for me, it would be like uh, a really like teen Vogue. expensive, well-reviewed <laughs> beer. A really oh, expensive, well-reviewed yeah. beer. Or some like cheese, like a really nice <laughs> wheel of cheese that, <sighs> yes. you know, that my wife would say, what? how much did that cost? And I'd be like, mm-hmm. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. It smelled great. And uh, mm-hmm. and. And that would that would be it. That's that's probably what I would buy. Chrissy, I can't and tell maybe you some candy. I can't tell you, although I I will. I shouldn't tell you. And I and I can't. But here it comes. But I'm gonna muster the <laughs> intestinal fortitude. I have spent wow. minutes of my life watching Ben look up things on websites to review them. Mm. Okay. But like before you buy them. Before he buys them. Yeah, yeah. He's meticulous about Cert- this. Certain things. Beer, yeah, beer and, and- cheese. Well, beer and I wine. Actually, I don't know where to find reviews for cheese. Beer, um, but the Trader beer Joe's is like great cheese. I do not have. True. I do not have time for bad beer, and so if there's I'm gonna too spend many calories, money, Ben. There's too many calories. That, you know, if I'm going to spend my carbs on a beer, it better taste good. I don't yeah. want. You know, I want to go to waste. Get that um, trash beer out of my face. Yeah, Colorado beer. Come on. Well, I'm sure there's a lot better of than good Indiana stuff out there. beer. So I visited. Whoa, whoa. <coughs> shots fired! She is firing shots. Got, you see this little sticker I got on my water bottle? Oh yeah, o- oh yeah. Odell Brewing Company. Odell. I went there up in uh, Fort Collins. They, yep. They make an almost perfect IPA. Come on, see Colorado. Yeah, they had some Dude, really good. good beer. I I only had one beer there because you know the uh, the ABV in the biz that means alcohol by volume is pretty high. 
and it was like mm-hmm. 1 p.m. And I knew if I had two of those things, oh, yeah. I'd be asleep or singing Bette Midler. And nobody wanted either of those <laughs> things in the car on the way yeah. up to fly fishing. So uh, I only had one, but I but I tasted a couple others, and I I was really I need to go back. Ben, let's go back. Let's go to Fort Collins. Get that a flight. Good. Go to Odell. Try them all. <clears throat> yeah. I saw I saw our boy Josh there. Oh yeah, Got a friend our friend Josh. Josh Schuler. Anyway, good. this I'm has nothing. Him. He's this has guy. nothing to do with axioms, though. <sighs> no, yeah, we need to introduce this episode, beloved mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. Friends of the podcast. What's what's the axiom um, we're talking about? The today? axiom. This is part of our podcast series uh, on having the mind of Christ. Our book that comes out in uh, two two weeks from Woo-hoo! the day that this drops. Wow! Um, I can't believe that. Can't it's believe it either. A long journey. Um, but yeah, eight axioms that name these paradigm shifts that help us reconstruct a more resilient faith uh, out of out of deconstruction. And we are talking about axiom three today, mm-hmm. which is that God is just like Jesus. Oh. I is that true? That's right. <laughs> is that true? Is that what we're talking about today? We uh, we sometimes get confused ben? about which axiom is what. So. Yeah. I thought we were anyway. talking about axiom four. I'm glad no, you're on top of things. No, this is axiom three. Like, is okay. it? It's good. Right. It's good. We already we already recorded it. The I'm, listeners, I'm, I'm, we do know what's happening. We I do. Don't. We already recorded a lot of these conversations. Let me be clear if it wasn't the intros later. Let, let me be clear if it wasn't hitherto. I have no mm. idea what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> You've been on vacation. I want yeah. to just declare just, once and for all, that, I true. show up here and yeah. I'm like a wind-up yeah. doll. Just just <laughs> tell me what to do. Tell me where to yep. speak. Yep. Uh, tr- yes, it is. It is about Axiom 3, uh, that God is God is just like Jesus. Yeah, great. And yeah, this uh, it's, we're having a great time having these conversations. And uh, this Axiom is one of them that matters, man, just matters so much. Uh, that we can know this. That God looks just like Jesus. Changed my life, by the way. BT yeah. dubs. I just talked about it on my back porch with a bunch of college students. Did you? And um, yeah. yeah, I asked them like, what do you think of when you think of God? And then mm. kind of gave these different pictures that we have. And it was it was a good conversation. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, I think that's, uh, that's about it. Oh, uh, if you want to pre-order our book, you still can. Um, anywhere books are sold, but if you use the coupon code GRAVITY at IVP's site, you can get 30% off and free U.S. shipping. Just look up Having the Mind of Christ on at ivpress.com. We'll also put a link to the to that uh, in the show notes. And you can also leave us a message at gravityleadership.com slash message. If you want to ask a question, uh, we'll answer your question on a future episode. Two weeks until launch. Yep. We'll keep talking Woo-hoo. about these axioms one by one. If you're on the and, fence about uh, if you're on the fence about getting the book, mm. just copy that coupon code, open the website, mm-hmm. enter your credit card information, and whisper to yourself confidently, "You got to spend money to save money. Got to spend money to save money." Thirty. <laughs> That's what they off. said on the podcast. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure this works somehow. For me to save thirty percent, I have motto. to spend a hundred percent. So now and I'm spend seventy nope. percent. Nobody so ever saved anything now without I can spending. Save because I because I didn't. <laughs> oh it's compound interest, and so there's. I'm a, just going to drink my Coke a, Zero over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should get into it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. The the banter has become blather. Time. Uh, time. Banter, yes. Yes. Time to enter the podcast zone. Here we go. Hey, Axiom 3. 
that's what we're doing today on the Gravity Leadership uh-huh. Podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, joined as usual by my friends Ben Sternke, Christy Penley, and Gino Kurkaruto for this series. Hey, y'all. The hey. gang is back together. Yeah, the, gang. The huge, the huge, and the spesh. To yep. use our joke from last time. Mm-hmm. NGL, that's how and the when, kids speak. How how long mm-hmm. do I have to be special before I become huge? I don't know. That is a good. That's actually a good question because you are going to become huge in this series. I actually. I mean, actually, I think maybe next week you cross the threshold. Next week, that doesn't four. mean that you're not special, though, Gino. You're okay, special you. and huge cool together. And special, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like thought I am not instead of I instead of huge, I thought you said huge. <laughs> no, no, or or used. I didn't say either yeah, okay. of those. Okay, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> thank you for clarifying. Let's move on from the things you didn't say because we want to hear some things <laughs> yes. that you are going to say about this third axiom. Ooh. So we've been building uh, here on each show, taking one axiom at a time. The first axiom. God is love, so it's all about love. Recentering love as the orienting, relational, ethical uh, center of gravity in the Christian life. Uh, then last time we talked about God's being present and at work, and how God's presence and work is in love. So that's a different kind of work than sort of controlling everything or having everything exactly the way God wants it. But what does how does love work? Um, and so we chatted a little bit about that last time. This time, our third axiom is that God is just like Jesus. Um, I remembered last time I said something about how God—you can have a God who's in control of everything. That's just not the God revealed in Jesus. And I think this axiom is meant mm-hmm. to help us recover um, that Jesus really seemed to think that he, he was like God, you know, that, that Jesus is what God has to say. That, and then the New Testament authors seem to believe that the most full revelation of God wasn't in the scripture they were writing or in the Old Testament scriptures, although those are trustworthy, but was in the person and work of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so this axiom then is about, um, not only do the scriptures attest to that, but Jesus seemed to operate like that audaciously, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we're confronted then by false images of God that don't hold up to the model and image of Christ and how none of us necessarily would well some of us would choose these but you might not you might might not be listening to this podcast if that's you uh, <laughs> but many of us just adopt them or absorb them through culture and family and history um, and so we're going to spend some time exploring that God is just like Jesus uh, and I want to throw out again like Gino Christie how is this axiom been helpful for you? Well, I'll jump right in because this is um, my favorite axiom. I I do have a favorite, and it's this one because this was the most transformational for me personally. Um, and maybe telling a story to how I how I think I related to God. Um, it's much like I'm the child of divorced parents. And when I was with my parents separately, I always felt like I had to manage how they saw the other parent. I had to talk about them nicely. Like they're, they're not like that. It kind of a thing just so that I could be centered in, I have loving parents and their own views and way of living in the world. I'm not sure if this makes sense, but affected the way I saw my family because I was seeing them separate, much like the image of God that I got of the angry old Testament God 
and the nice Jesus in the New Testament. I felt like I was in the middle trying to manage this God's not that bad. And this one, he's not all that nice. You know, he's still got some rules and stuff like they're, they, they work together. And it was such freedom to me. But I remember thinking this thing, like, if this is true, like it changes everything. If God is just like Jesus, it changes everything. I'm no longer in the middle. I don't have to manage these things for God. I don't have to answer for these things. I can simply say, and this sounds scandalous, I can say that we know God because we see Jesus. And to me, that was like union. And like, I come from a, my family is healed in that sense. I'm not having to try to make excuses for them. I'm not sure if that illustration is helpful, but that's how I felt emotionally managing how I understood God up until proclaiming this as what if this is true and we live into it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it opens up my eyes to see how God is not like we have to unlearn, right? We have to like, change our mm-hmm. perspective and understanding of who God really is. And a lot of times we think, we say things like Jesus is God, but to flip that and say God is like Jesus, um, there's a perspective change and shift that's really healthy and has changed the way I think about God because I did see him as a demanding judge or a micromanager or like you know, let me just rub the genie lamp and ask for what I want. Here's my 50 cents and I expect it from you. And that, those yeah, are kind of yeah. the, the the models that I kind of thought of God in. And, and to say, no, let's read the gospels. Who is Jesus? How does he model who God is to me? Mm. Uh, has been really transformational. And mm. I'm really grateful you guys wrote this because I think it's really helpful because I think that's where people who are in churches, they're like, peace out. I don't want to be in this anymore because their view of who God is, is warped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think this one, this one's interesting. Um, and we were actually greatly helped um, by Crispin Mayfield uh, in writing this chapter, our yeah. f- friend, he's been on the podcast, but he wrote a book recently called Attached to God. And it's all about kind of attachment theory and God and how, how attachment theory sort of can be mapped onto the way that we feel about our relationship with God. I think it was really helpful for me because um, when we say things like, this is true, like we have a view of God or we have thoughts about God or who do we think that God is, I think we we do sort of go cognitive and we go theological. Hmm. And um, I think I've had a fairly decent theology of God for a long time. You know what I mean? Like I, I you know, I was interested in God and studied and I've had a good theology of God. And so I think when you say like my view of God, I, I would tell you that I probably had a pretty good view of God. But when you think about attachment theory and you think about how do I feel about being with God? <laughs> well, that's a different kind of question, right? Um, how do I feel about being with God? And, and this one for me was when I started realizing that, um, this is when I first started realizing that my inner critic the the head and the the voice in my head um, was not God. <laughs> mm. Started realizing that uh, I'd been thinking that the t- they were one and the same, mm. um, because the way that I felt about being with God was I didn't want to be with God, and that was the first exploration for me of like, wait a second, like why don't I want this? Why don't I want this God? And yeah, and it was I realized that God sounds a lot like my inner critic, or I, I realized that my inner critic was who I thought God was. And so I, ha- I, I was walking around with correct ideas, probably, 
in my head about God, but my attachment to God was as someone who was perpetually mildly frustrated that I couldn't get it right. (laughs) Just always, like never flew off in a rage against me, but like always sort of mildly disappointed with, with like, man, you just can't quite pull it together, can you? Yeah. And like, I didn't want to be with that God. And so, that, I don't know, that, that was helpful for me to realize, okay, the way, the way that I feel about being with God is maybe a more, it's a more helpful place to start in terms of like learning what my actual picture or sense of who God is, is. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's part of this chapter too, is how do we excavate what we really believe about God? You know, mm-hmm. um, this axiom isn't controversial. I don't think. I think the New Testament says this over and over. Most yeah, right. most um, Christians would say this is true. But as you all just reflected, what comes up out of our bones when we're not taking a test about God is a different image or conceptualization of God than the one who Jesus is. Um, and so, because love is because salvation is about becoming is about this communion and love with God and other people. Um, part of what the state of our world is, apart from God, is, is being estranged from love. And so mm. we actually have to learn what is, what is love like? What is love, how does love work? What, how do I attune and connect to love? Um, because those circuits have been tripped, they need to be turned on. Those are just two different metaphors I'm using here to describe this experience of us needing to, we, we have to be sort of uh, relationally ordered to understand extent, existentially. What is love like? And, and how do I open to that? I think that's, that's the second question I want to ask you guys. Like, where is it most difficult right now for you to see that God is like Jesus? Or, or where do you struggle to believe it? I think for me, it's, it's in uh, when I go a long time without experiencing love from other people or even internally, I think it's hard for me to reconnect to a God who is love. But I'm just curious, how about for the two of you? Yeah. I, I wish my answer was different. <laughs> um, and the, the reason is, is because... I think it's difficult for me to experience love without working for it. And I see that like when I was a little girl, I I operated in that way with my parents. Like I'm going to be the little good girl and I'm not going to cause any issues and you're going to love me. And that tran- mm-hmm. that just transferred right into the way that I viewed God. That I'm going to do these things, I'm going to be a part of this and I'm going to whatever and and so I'm working for the smile of God. You love me because I do these things for you. And to live under the umbrella of he delights in me and loves me not because of what I do is I wish I had that in my bones. But so often I have that in my head. And I may say I believe it, but it doesn't come out um, in my actions and reactions and real core heart belief. So I wish my answer was different, but that is the honest answer. Yeah. 
similarly um, for me, I, I would say specifically the, the, the space that this is most difficult for me to believe um, in is when I don't have anything to bring to a conversation or a relationship, meaning I think that I earn, I function as if I earn people's favor because I'm enjoyable to be around or I have something to offer. Mm. And so on those evenings when I'm gathering with my community and I have nothing, but I've had a really hard day and I'm tired, I think this is not, this is not, this is not going to be good for me or for them. Mm. And I need to, I'm not worth being around. And I don't think God really wants to be with me in this situation. I think there's a lot of judgment at that time. And so being quiet and not trying to perform is a very difficult thing for me to avoid. And so in, in the person of Jesus, I when I can believe that, I can see that he's kind of moving closer towards me in my sense of needing to be isolated. And I just don't always believe that. Hmm. Yeah, just picture of uh, Peter you know, in the boat, go away from mm-hmm. me, Lord. Mm-hmm. It's just like, wait, you're just sort of, you're upending all my categories here. And yeah, the impulse is to push, push that God away, push Jesus away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate you all's vulnerability. Hey, I have a question because I kind of touched on mm-hmm. this in talking about my life, but how much of like family origin do you think plays into our view of God and kind of warps it where we are shocked at some of the ways that Jesus loves in the gospel because of how we were shaped by our family of origin. Do you want to, can you double click on that and speak to that for a second? Hmm. I mean, my, my initial thought is just how could it not affect us? Right? Like I think, any any picture we have of a God who is like not in front of us, this is part of the challenge, right? Of you know, Jesus' ascension uh, into heaven at the right hand of the Father. Um, like God is not uh, walking around the earth, uh, you know, in Jesus anymore. Um, and so there there is, I think, we always go from the particular into the universal. So I I, th- I don't think. I don't, I think it it has to affect how we think about God because the metaphors we use for God are all related to relationships that we have here on earth you know God oh God's our father I have one of those <laughs> God's like that uh, okay um you know what I mean and so I I think it has to affect um how we think about God and how we view God and to like to your point earlier Matt um I think our healing then in the, in the ways that those, those images have been distorted of who God is, I think the way that we get healed from those things is is also through relationships. It's also through human relationships. I, and and there's, there's beautiful things that can happen just one-on-one with God. I don't want to discount that. But I do think there is something fundamental about learning to enter into relationships of love and trust that helps us heal from bad pictures of who God is. I think it's, it's vital for us to learn to do that with one another. Hey, everybody. 
This is Dave, and I'm a pastor and church planner in Fort Worth, Texas. I've been through a Gravity Leadership cohort, and here's the deal. If you're looking for real, and I mean real, tangible transformation that is centered in Christ and Christ's love, and a committed community to walk with you, or if you're wondering how to lead people in a way that produces that sort of change, then check out a Gravity Leadership cohort. Like I said, I'm a pastor and a church planner, and it was perfect for me. If you enjoy the podcast and conversations here, you'll love what happens in Gravity Leadership Academy. I think in the book we make use of some of the attachment theory stuff that you, yeah. you referenced, yeah, yeah. Ben. Yeah. And that, that's all about how, how our little bodies learn to connect and relate to other bodies. And that isn't, those aren't discursive cognitive choices. Those are adaptive, habituated, embodied, uh, you know, we're made for relationship. And Mm -hmm. so we will learn how to relate based upon our stimulus, the stimulus we receive. And many of us um, receive a lot of things as kids, but sometimes we receive no love, sometimes it's inconsistent, sometimes there's conditional. And so all of us have to unlearn. Yeah. Uh, what love is and love isn't, and and those of us with, um, th- those of us who've had who had better, you know, or more healthy families, I think have a a larger soil, a deeper soil in which this stuff can take root quicker. But you know, yeah. um, as somebody who you know, uh, <laughs> as an Enneagram four, I tend to struggle with envy, and so I don't. I don't usually. T- I don't typically hear somebody's story growing up and not experience some kind of envy. It's kind of my superpower. Uh, I just will say that, like, <laughs> even even if you come from a jacked up family, like we can learn, we can learn to relate to the God who is love mm-hmm. and who's just like Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe then. Was there anything this chapter didn't talk about? Mm that you wanted to hear more on or what would you be interested in exploring more about um, the way that Jesus reveals God and how we, we can uh, reorient our relation, our experience of God towards that. I I don't think there was anything in the book in particular that, that uh, I felt like was lacking or, you know, we want to investigate more, but there was something that, that, you said, Matt, that that isn't my experience, and I'd like to kind of talk a little bit more about that. Um, you, you said that this axiom that many people don't, most people don't have any pushback. I think is I'm paraphrasing. You know that God is just like Jesus, and I've found that to be not always true. Um, and I, I think it's a truism. Mm-hmm. I think, and I and I'm so I'm not like disagreeing with you, but I, I really want your feedback and your input on this because I think you have much to say here. Um, that's true to a point until you start interrogating what it is they think about and believe and embody about God. Because if someone holds really closely to a triumphalistic, vengeful, wrath, whatever that means, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. God, this does disrupt that, or at least it, it causes people to question that because of the kind of tropes about Jesus and the you know Hebrew scriptures version version of God in quotes you know, um, so I think that it does disrupt some people, and I've I've actually had people leave our community because they've said, well, that is not what God is like. 
And mm-hmm. I find that to be really, I wonder how to now, I wonder how you would navigate that. I, I, I don't, I think I'm opening, opening up a bunch of different questions and whatever way you'd want to enter mm-hmm. in is what, where I would like to go a little bit more with this, if that's all right. Yeah. So what, great, what, do, yeah. what do we do when people have different theology that, that shapes how they see God and that God is not like the God we're talking about here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what I want to do is argue with them. <laughs> we're, uh, we're so clearly right. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. it's plain. All yeah. you need is information, and then you will <laughs> relent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But typically, what I typically, Gino, what I'm committed to as a way of life is just to just to bless people. Uh, you know. When we say God is like Jesus, and we're describing these axioms in this book, I, I, I need everybody to hear this like plainly. I don't think we've got God nailed here. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that we can't see that are untrue and that are true. And so, God, mm-hmm. if if love is true, if God is graceful, then He can encounter and save me in my deficient theology of Him. Like that's that's sovereign, <laughs> yeah, right? right? He is, and so he can he can work, condescend, accommodate to my, and I just trust that you know somebody who needs a retributive, punishing, vengeful God, um, that that uh, two things are true. That eventually that'll stop working for them, mm. either mm. either now or uh, when they bow their knee, and two. Um, God is still present and at work in their life, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, I think for me, it's like, I, I'm not going to argue, you're not going to argue a Westboro Baptist person out of being a Westboro Baptist person. Yeah. But, right. but for me, I'm, I'm not I'm sure why to, they were at your church in the first place, Gina. They keep showing up, you know, <laughs> and they bring those signs. Something about the marketing on your website, yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> God hates Sixers is what they say. Um, and, and, <laughs> um, uh, and I, I proclaim. I just I proclaim good news to them. Mm-hmm. Just declare good news. Yeah. You know, I think the way that Jesus handles his opponents in Scripture is a good model for us to not get sucked into arguments mm-hmm. uh, and to just declare good news, to leave them with questions, yeah. and to tell stories that disorient. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's good. I don't know what other people. Th- what do other people think? I would concur with that. That's something I'm trying to learn how to do, you know, in my life as a, as a, as a whole, um, recognizing that in situations like this, where there's a difference of opinion or there's some, and it's not just that, right. These people are part of your community. So there's more at stake for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I found it, it's so helpful for me. I have to name what's at stake for me and why I feel anxious about this situation. Because I don't mind disagreeing with people. You know, there's idiots all over the place. I mean, I'm saying that tongue in cheek, but you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I don't mind having a different uh, Ben, thought. your internal but narrative uh, slipped he was, It's just coming He out. was certainly looking at me when he said yeah, that. Let the, mm-hmm. let the, yeah. Actually, you don't know where you're at on my screen here, Gino, so I might have been looking at Christy. Probably Matt. Who knows? My heart's no, no, Let's like, be honest. But, 
Oh, did it, Christy? I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, no. It's a, it, <laughs> now I'm using a colloquialism of, you know, this, <laughs> in my it. worst moments, uh, this is how I feel about, uh, you We're know. We're going to have to reword this axiom idiots. for uh, version two. God is like Jesus, but Ben isn't. <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet. Not yet, guys. Um, anyway, I can find some scripture probably for when Jesus calls somebody a name and yeah. justify myself. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Um, uh, every, there's idiots everywhere. I there's idiots everywhere, saying. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is so, what Paul anyway, says, and uh, this is what Paul says in the epistles. You're just quoting. Uh, all, yeah, this all, is all Cretans, all Cretans are liars and drunkards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, as your own poets have said. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, I. Uh, it's super important for me to name my own anxiety. Why does this? Oh, mm. Why does this matter to me? Okay, these people are part of my community, and. Part of my, you know, just even livelihood sometimes is tied up with them wanting to stay part of my church, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I have to name that and realize that that anxiety is what would push me towards arguing with them, you know, about this, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe over-functioning, making it it better for them, Um, or distancing myself from them, trying to give them a wide berth, you know, not, not talk to them, or... Uh, triangulate with them somehow, you know, talk, talk to Matt about, you know, the other, the, these people who are bothering me or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Um, anyway, but I have to, I have to recognize all of that so that I can be present and connect, but also differentiate, you know, and just say, Hey, let me hear if I'm hearing you correctly. You know, you think God is like this and this and this and, and how, why is that important for you? Okay. I think I understand. Mm-hmm. And then to be able also then to say, Okay, but I I have a different perspective, and here's here's the perspective that I have on this, and here's why this has been, been important for me. Um, but I understand if you don't see things that way, and you know if you got to go to a different community where people are more lined up with what you're thinking, I get that, and I bless you to sure. do it. Yeah, that's as, as scary as that is, but it usually goes a lot better. I've tried for hmm. years to argue people into seeing it my way, and. As brilliant, I feel like the arguments are so, like, they're just watertight. Just never quite works. Yeah, but, Gino, I also want to say, I mean, I, I did say before that a lot of us would say God is like Jesus, but then we don't live it in our bodies. I do think yeah. our I do think our explicit theology matters, though. I, I do think that matters. And I think that uh, how we relate hmm. to God and what we think about God and how we read Scripture we we it will show up ethically, morally, relationally in our lives, right? Yeah. So so yes. if I believe if I believe that the love of God uh, has to hurt you in order to correct you, yeah. Then I will use that to justify hurting my children, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or hurting other people, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and so I think yeah. I think that does matter. I think I, I don't want to downplay that. So. I, I may have yeah, I, indicated that I didn't think that, but I do. I think that's really important. I think that's that's kind of where where I I feel like this is it's really important to focus on is that our our theology, I mean, our embodied way of living will either betray or portray mm-hmm. our theology, and I want to give people room to maybe connect. Hey, you say this is important in how you believe, but you right. don't live that retributive thing out in life mm-hmm. can why is that so important is that to important? you yep. yeah mm-hmm. versus or you know 
they do have consistency and it's doing damage <laughs> in community and you're like, this might not be the place to practice that kind yeah. of thing. So sometimes yeah. hearing this axiom and its implications and then examples of it lived out is is difficult for some people to to accept. Is that's yeah. just been my experience. Yeah. So I appreciate that dialogue. Yeah, it's helpful. Yeah. That, I that's super we can... helpful, Gino. I think I think it's helpful. Go ahead, Christy. I, well, I just wonder if we could talk about the the other side of the same coin, and that being, um, you know, unlearning views of our view of God, and 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 seeing how that's being played out. But what about like the the positive views, the good views of God mm-hmm. that we hold yeah. in our bones? Whether that's mm-hmm. like, oh, we see him as a, a gentle cheerleader, or we see him as somebody who uh, is an includer, or we see him as someone who's emotionally intelligent or we see him, you know, who's a beautiful creator or whatever, however you want to talk about it, but then how that gets played out mm-hmm. in our lives. Um, because I, I think it's both the positive and the negative ways that we view God and what we see in Jesus. And maybe you can speak to that for just a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be, I can say a couple of things about it, but Christy, I'm interested to hear where this lands for you. I guess, you know, in terms of your experience of, of, of all of that. Yeah. Well, you asked like what, what should be added to the chapter and I don't think anything should be added, but what I started thinking about, and this is, if you know me, you know that I'm, I'm more of a glass half full than a glass half empty. Right. And so oh, yeah. as I was reading, you see baby deer <laughs> on your run. Right. <laughs> I wanted, like, I, I wanted in to truth, hear in about... Truth, in, in truth, the baby deer come looking for Christy when she runs. <laughs> they true. all come they out come and out. they're like, where's that human that looks on us we with human loving affection? <laughs> no, give, give her a little... They, they, uh, get ready, get ready, get ready. They, they sort of fawn over her. Oh boy! Mm, oh boy! What you did there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, sorry, Christy. We're having I'll we're having too much fun. We're interrupting you. Go, <laughs> no, go ahead, I just please. in reading it, there was part of me that I see ways that I view God like a micromanager or like a distant deity, and and how that gets played out mm. in my life. But then I also see how I view God as an includer, and mm. hopefully that is in my bones and comes out in how I love and welcome people into my home and who sits at my dinner table and, you know, who I cheer on at the football game. And, and so hopefully that character can come out of my pores and how Mm. I love people. And so I just am curious if, if you are noticing or if, you know, where you notice that in your own life. Well, the thing the thing that comes to mind for me, Christy, as you say that is, I do I do like, um, and we do a little bit of this in the book, but that positive description of like, well, what does that mean that God looks like Jesus? You know, he's a he's a thirty three year old Palestinian <laughs> man. Like, what what does that you know? Like, what does that mean? Um, because it has to have some content. Like, well, in what way, right? And so mm-hmm. there, there's a little bit of that positive description. But um, I was just remembering how one of the most we talk about uh, Dallas Willard and his writing had a huge impact on on my life, our lives. Um, but I remember uh, in The Divine Conspiracy and some other of his books, he had sections where he would just describe God uh, or life in the kingdom. And he had a lot of these positive descriptions like you're talking about. 
Um, meaning it's not just a negation of, well, God's not like that, but he would say, well, right. here's what God is like. And I remember those being so impactful for me, just to dwell in this description of God's nature, God's character, God's personhood. Um, I don't know if I can say personality. That's probably a heresy, but um, <laughs> but <laughs> you never know these days. Uh, but but uh, I was just reflecting on that and how powerful that can actually be to sort of positively describe who God is and mm-hmm. just the yeah. vision that creates for people and the attraction I think that gives because people are drawn towards you know goodness and truth and beauty when they when they see it. Yeah, it widens our imagination, yeah. right? Instead of narrows it. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was. Uh, can I share a story about my son? I was having a on a we had a walk in chat, um, and uh, you know we we made jokes about being Enneagram ones on this podcast um, because there are some Enneagram ones. We won't name names. And uh, yeah, my my here. son, who's in oh, okay. among us. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. It's, oh, we <laughs> we just did name names. Um, anyway, so we, so my 13 year old has a, like a little inner critic, right? And it comes out and we name that inner critic, Steve. I might've told you this before. Uh, Apologies to all the Steves out there. Yeah. Sorry, Steves. Uh, we, 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 we chose the name Steve because, uh, a joke we have, an inner, a joke in the family. Cause I'm trying to bring like the worst thing for an Enneagram one to do is to critique their critic, right? That's the trap, right? Is that you feel like you can criticize the critic so that you no longer are critical. And it's a, uh, you know, it's one of those finger yeah, you traps. Can, you can hear the irony. Yeah. <laughs> Even so, as you say it, it's like, wait, wait, that won't work for some reason. So, <laughs> so I'm, t- I'm talking to Deacon and he's like, I'm like, Deacon, um, Steve does bad work in your life. And he's like, no, he doesn't. He actually helps me get things done. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, uh, and I'm like, well, there's certain things he can't help you get done. And we've talked about what that is. And he's like, well, what do I do if... I can't use Steve to do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, well, son, you may be ready to become a Christian. (laughs) But I was talking about how the voice of love sounds different than the critic, you know? That that shaming, guilting, fearing, haranguing uh, voice is not God's. And, And what is faith other than us consenting or trusting moment by moment a story about reality about ourselves and about our ultimate yeah the ultimate reality god totally about how to get right? stuff done yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah yeah right so. right so i think it, i'm thinking it matters a great deal christy just tending to tending to that little god voice in our head that we're obeying all the time what's it sound like yes what's it doing to us yeah mm-hmm you know, what, what fuel is it burning? Yeah. 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 <sighs> this has been great well, guys. I'm having so much fun. I am too. Yeah. I am too. I'm so, can, can I, can what I a end gift with one it is. quote? Oh, oh good. sure. From the book? I, I just, yeah. Can I read a no, quote? No, hopefully it's Toni Morrison or something. Oh, okay. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Now you're making me nervous. Yes, I'm pretty sure you guys it. said this, but but I think I want to read it oh, because it was powerful to me, um, and mm-hmm. and it opened my eyes to to like some lies I'm believing about God, and um, and you say mm-hmm. many of us imagine 
that God wants a bit and a bridle in our mouths to control us more efficiently. When he, in fact, is offering a crown and a scepter, looking to give us more freedom and power. Mm, yeah. And you guys, yeah. I I grew up with the flannel graph and the, you know, like they put the little stories on the, on the boards in Sunday school and it was all about get in line, obey mm-hmm. God and do the mm-hmm. thing. And it was not about freedom. It was not about empowering. It was not, mm. love was not seen that way. And it was yeah. so beautiful and freeing for me to read that. I mean, like I underlined it and I was like, this is great. Um, yeah. Because my heart needs to hear that. And I just I just wonder, maybe our listeners need yeah. to hear that because who God is, is seen in Jesus and Jesus brings freedom. He brings freedom. Mm. And so maybe you can end us with... Um, just kind of talking about that a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. We're, we're referencing that uh, Psalm 32, nine there, right? Don't be like the horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle and has to be drugged around, you know, senseless, yep. dumb, obstinate. Don't be like that. And yes. I think I spent a lot of time of my life just praying that God would make me dumb, make mm-hmm. me make, easily led by the bit and bridle. Yes. Yeah. Which first of all, isn't God's hope for me. And is asking God to be something he isn't. Mm-hmm. And so it was a day, it was a wonderful day for me when I realized, and this is a Dallas Will quote, God's, God's hope for each one of us is that he can empower us to do whatever we want. <laughs> um, and, I, and I do think that that's God's like future for all of us, is that we will become the kinds of people who can take as much of his power as we can possibly handle and do whatever we want with it. Yeah. That's that's and that's freedom and that's power and that's trust and that's co-laboring and co-agency. And it's such an uh, it's such a different life than uh than getting a list of things to do, figuring out how to do them harder, better, stronger, longer. Um and and continuing to like just crush myself. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and um, love sets us free. Amen. Love sets us Come free. <sighs> yeah, the easy well, yoke should feel like an easy yoke. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that might be scandalous, right? Right. right? Harassed yeah. and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Like, so I've spent a lot of years praying that God would make me feel harassed and helpless. When he was wanting to be the good shepherd that... Um, th- threw me a party. Now, there's way more to say about that, right? Um, I think we freak out because we are so worried that, you know, if we talk about love as freedom and agency, that it's just a free-for-all permissive, you know, um, yep. you know, um, a lot of fear there. glutton orgy. You know what I mean? Like, we just have this fear mm-hmm. about that. But I, I think there is... I think the kingdom of God always scares people who are not used to freedom. Yeah. Freedom seems risky and scary to people who live lives in prisons. So one of the hopes we have, Christy, for this book is that it would scandalize us to the point of daring to believe that freedom is better than bondage, that the easy yoke is better than the bit and the bridle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I... I. Yep. 
you got to stand up for that and give that like a standing ovation because yes, that's what people need to see, and that's what, that's what my heart needed yeah. to see. And I'm thankful that you guys wrote it, and and mm. I'm encouraged mm-hmm. and wanting people to experience that kind of God in their life. So, yeah, me too. Yeah, Amen. We're hopeful uh, that the book does that, especially this chapter. Um, for y'all. So thanks, Gino and Christy, for this lovely conversation. I'm looking forward to the rest of it. It's going to be so fun. Axiom, what are we on? What did we just do? This is Axiom 3. three. Axiom 4 next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's mm-hmm. let's uh, let's meet up again. Let's do this again sometime. All right, come good? on Sounds back. Good. <laughs> yeah. All right, see All you right. next time. Well, these conversations are fun. I know we keep saying that. But, generative. Uh, generative, yeah. I could, fun. We could talk about this for a long time, I That's feel like. Stuff. I'm sad we have to we stop. About, yeah. I mean, we are. Yeah. That's true. I, I am. I mean, it's fun to interview others, you know. Um, I think the conversations, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back into interviewing others. But, man, these uh, conversations among us are loads of fun. Can I give a teaser? So this this oh. one, God meets us in our messy reality. Um, mm-hmm. Our next book proposal, our next book that we're writing, is going oh, to actually, focus. What? Sorry, no. This is God. God looks just like Jesus. Oh, I just I just remembered that. But you can tease. Let's tease the next axiom, <laughs> which is God meets us in our. I just I don't I just like. I, I, this, yeah, forget it. That's that, so. that's. <laughs> our next book proposal. Our next book proposal is going to be all about how God meets us in our messy reality, which yes. would have been a better thing to mention in the outro for that podcast. For that podcast, but it can be a preview <laughs> for next week's podcast, no. which is going to. Fo- that's our next axiom. It's still so a teaser. Now I'm it's angry. It's a teaser, Matt. Now I'm angry. Angry. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, I'm more that's hungry than angry. I'm angry. That reminds me. Uh, angry. Uh, speaking of okay. angry, um, okay. what do you what do you get when you cross an angry sheep with an angry cow? You get two animals in a bad mood. It <laughs> <laughs> was awful. A second grader's gonna love that. Oh, yeah. Some dad's oh, yeah. gonna say it, and yeah. they're gonna, gonna be love like, it. That's the best joke I've ever heard, <laughs> ever. <Yeah. sighs> right. Yeah, that's pretty One good. One of these days, I just want to know the answer so I can, like, trick you. Oh, gosh. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> and then answer it. You're going to have to study all the dad jokes that have ever yeah. been dadded. Uh, if I was a third grade teacher, yeah. then I would oh, know you them would. All. Well, mm. I'll just say that that joke cheered me up. I'm no longer angry. <laughs> I'm no that's longer in friends, a that's bad how emotions work. mood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's, there's the cheering again. Hooray, we're leaving on a happy yep. note. Wee. Yes, and speaking of happy notes, listeners, uh, you can still pre-lo- uh, pre-order our book anywhere books are sold, but if you go to IVP's website, link in the show notes, you can get 30% off free U.S. shipping by using the code GRAVITY. That'll make all code the children gravity. happy. All the children of the world Oh, the happy. children will love it, mm-hmm. like just like this. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> they will cheer. We got to get just, this uh, button away from Ben and Christy. So, <laughs> I want that to be my ringtone when you guys oh, call me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got other I've got other cool stuff here. I, I want um, my ringtone to be when Ben calls. Womp, 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 womp. Oh, can I tell you guys a funny story? Can I tell you a funny story? Can I tell you a really funny story? So here, my mom, here's a transition to your funny story. Ready? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's 
funny I story. I feel like I'm on Shark Tank. I've got to pitch you my business you gotta, idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, so the story I'm, I'm, better be funny. Several years ago, uh, my mom passed away three years ago, but before she passed away, we're hanging out, and all of a sudden, um, I forget. I think I, I think I was looking for my phone or something, and so my mom decides to call it, <laughs> and uh, it rings. Uh, and and at that time, I had her ringtone set as the Imperial Death March. Oh no! Bum 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 bum. Does she know what that meant? Oh yeah, she like glared at me and didn't talk to me for hours. She was so mad. God rest her soul. Now I'm sure she's laughing about it. She's yeah. laughing about it. It's it's hilarious. Anyway, it's I, hilarious to her now. Yeah, so. well, that was back when you could like set ringtones for certain people, and it was all the rage, and you were like, yeah. you know. I, mean, I still anyway, think you can just, do it, but it it definitely was a thing previously like, that yeah. doesn't seem like a big deal now. Well, so. she had some real Darth Vader vibes, so I figured it would be a good way to. <laughs> it's not an insult. I mean, it's it was just, a, you know, it was actually a joke. I did it as a joke to make my wife laugh. And uh, <laughs> anyway, my mom didn't appreciate it. Well, well, there we go. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's it. Yep. Pre-order our book. Yeah. And uh, be careful what ringtone you use for your mother. We we <laughs> yes. don't know all of you, but I'm sure we love you all. We yes. do. Yes. Absolutely sure of that. <laughs> we can absolutely be sure. All right. We'll see you next time, y'all, uh, mm-hmm. for our next axiom: God meets us in reality. Yep. Our messy reality. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful or enjoyable, we'd love it if you'd tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And you can join our Gravity community online for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as our email most Fridays with curated links to articles we find interesting and helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our podcast is produced by Ben Sternke and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sternke edits and mixes the show. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start recording button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time.